Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Hey, my friends, and welcome to our final episode in the Overcomer series. And just like that, we are already at the end of the first month in 2021. Can you even believe it? If you have been following along this series, you know our guiding quote from Dr. Maya Angelou, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. I love that each one of the guests in this series have embodied the spirit from that quote in their very own and beautiful and unique ways. And I can't wait to share today's message with you. Jenny Severson played college hoops at Lake Forest College in Lake Forest, Illinois, and was part of two state championship runs at Madison East High School in Madison, Wisconsin. She's a mom of three growing children, first uh, to sixth grade currently, married to Todd Johnson, and lives in Long Lake, Minnesota. Jenny loves teaching and was recruited to school principal at 26 years old. A defining moment for Jenny was a health crisis in 2018, and she works with principals to create engaging virtual staff meetings, speak to audiences all over the globe on bouncing back from adversity and finding the silver lining through gratitude and optimism. In this episode, we discuss Dr. Jenny's mission to serve others through two recent publications that encourage us to thrive and engage in gratitude. She shares about her experience choosing to overcome the challenge professionally during COVID-19 and embracing the time to write these messages for us. Dr. Jenny inspires us with her personal overcoming story through isolation from a move, a health crisis, and loss of her father. And we gain insight into the power of real gratitude and the impact it can have in our lives. I have to say that listening to Dr. Jenny's story of overcoming inspired me deeply and helped me to process some of the experiences through the lens of gratitude that I needed to recently. Regular listeners will understand why I feel connected to Jenny after our conversation, and I know that each one of you will too. It is my honor to share with you Dr. Jenny Severson's overcomer story. Welcome Dr. Jenny Severson to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. How are you today? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I just know my listeners are going to love you. We've gotten to know each other a little bit better in the pre-chat, but would you do me a favor and just share with us your current context and what you're up to in this beautiful world? Yes. I am an educational consultant. I lead faculty meetings right now, Zoom booth sessions for schools all over the U.S. and globally in the current situation. Um, Super excited to talk about gratitude, optimism, and also the pain and suffering of what's happening in the world right now. And I also have three kids at home learning from home. And I um, also have worked with an organization called Quantum Learning Education for over two decades, leading staff development and professional development for teachers. Sounds pretty awesome. And also like you are able to use your own strategies for, um, overcoming a lot right now, like the rest of us in this world of 2020, getting into 2021, right? Yes. I wrote a, I've written two books in the last year, um, based on kind of my own personal pandemic that I went through in 2018. And it's really interesting how the current situation, um, has provided me lots of opportunities for navigating and I just want to help others do that as well, um, especially teachers, principals, school leaders. 
I think that's so beautiful. And I I know um, my listeners understand by now that I believe in timing and it just is so interesting to me when I think about the fact that you've turned some of your um, passion and your content in your own strategies to overcome some challenges that you've had into these wonderful books that will serve others and the timing of it. Do you find yourself feeling like, wow, this is really uncanny? (laughs) There is um, no way that uh, I just a firm belief that that God really put this in my lap. He put the people around me to make uh, the book thrive happen. And then I was able to publish my own personal story and really focus on gratitude in the second book. And it's really feels like a God thing because um, I had no intentions of writing two books over this last year. And and doing the type of work that I'm doing now, but it's been absolutely just, just delightful. And, um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Well, that is absolutely awesome. And I, I can't wait to learn a little bit more. So let's, we're, have you featured here on the series on overcomers? And I'm super excited about that because I know that there's going to be a mission in your message, uh, for people that really need to hear it right now. And so would you just unpack a little bit, you know, you've written these two books, so you want to talk about both of them. Um, so we could know a little bit more about what's in each of them. Absolutely. So the first book thrive is an overtly, faith-based Christian uh, book. And it is written with four of my amazing friends and colleagues who we speak at a large conference each year at in Texas, the, in the third largest school district in the country. And over the years that we've known each other at that conference, we've had a lot of chances to bond. And I remember walking up into the the zone, this area where all the consultants are. And I saw, you know, you see everybody badged up, Dr. So-and-so, this person, that person, and, you know, big names are at this conference, big educational names. And I, I just always want to cause community and make connections with people. And we got together over the last couple of years. And I, I just said, what if we wrote about like the worst thing that ever happened to us instead of like all the accolades, all the greatest moments of our lives? You know, it's like people really love to hear like, wow, and and know that you're a real person and you've had real challenges and struggles. And so we did that. And um, Aaron Jones wrote about losing the state superintendent election by less than 1% in the state of Washington. Tammy West uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, writes about her struggle with anxiety as a student teacher. And Donna Clark writes about her keeping 90 pounds off for over 30 years. And um, I write my story, you know, I share my story um, about going through breast cancer and Mary Smith shares a really funny story about uh, divorce and overcoming that and how that looked in her faith walk. So that book Thrive is our mission with that was to do women educator events and at each of our churches and each of our states. And then the second book, the 180 day educator gratitude turnaround is a way, a practical tool. I'm really practical in all of my work. So I want to give people like really practical tools, how to start and end a Zoom session with kids talking about hope, gratitude, optimism, how to prime the brain so that we are intentionally starting our our words and our communication with kids in a really deliberate way. And so the book has 180 days of quotes, 
thoughts, ideas, overlooked blessings. There's um, three really nice stories in that book at the front of it. And yeah, that book has been fun to talk to. Uh, what I've been doing with that book this year is hopping on faculty meetings with principals, sharing my I've got it down to eight minutes now, and then people can buy the book and we can walk through some of those things together. Yeah. Wow. Getting something down to eight minutes is really solid. I got to tell you. <laughs> That's good. I, I mean, teachers are just so zoomed out. It's like, okay, I've got, I did the first one for 20 minutes and I was like, okay, let's get 17, 15. All right, let's get this message. You know, the more opportunities you get to practice, just lasering in on what do people need to hear and just wanting to honor teachers um, with that message and their their time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, super timely. Thank you for digging into those a little bit uh, because those books sound amazing. And I just know they're right up my listeners alley. So listeners, I'll be sure of course, as you know, to link them. And I love so much that the thrive book came from this sisterhood and specifically that you're looking to serve women educators in that faith-based center, because I just think there's something really, really powerful about women coming together. And I love those stories. Um, and the collection of them. And I can't wait to get a hold of it and read through those myself. And also this 180 day um, piece that you wrote, I'm just curious, just out of the process of it alone, um, how, what did that look like for you? Is it just like you were trying to hit 180? Were you inspired by the days in the school year? I mean, what, what struck you to do it that way? Yes, yes, and yes. You hit it right on the <laughs> on the head. So there's approximately 180 days in the school year. And in March, when we shut down here in Minnesota, I was, I played college basketball and I always think of like sports metaphors. And I was like, it's time for people to pivot. You got to pivot. You got to turn, you got to turn around, right? You got to turn 180 degrees towards what you thought you were going to do today. It's going to be a completely different than what you thought. And so just this 180 thing kept coming to me and I'm a really process orientated person. I I believe in systems and habits and routines and practices over time. Um, uh, You know, hard things don't vanish in a twinkling. They take time to heal and resolve. And um, so I, I, I wanted to do it over a period of time and really use that metaphor of pivoting and turning uh, away from the unhappy, lonely, frustrated, confused, depressed, isolated uh, to the the positive, the hope, the gratitude, the optimism, the you know forgiveness, the grieving part of what what we've been facing, and so. Yes, that's exactly where the the titles came from, and honestly. When the pandemic hit, all of my personal emotions started to surface from what had happened a couple of years back. And I thought, oh man, I've got to, I, I know what to do now. I've got to get in God's word. I've got to get into my habits and routines and systems and practices that work. And, and one of them is gratitude. And so I was doing it with my kids every day, with my husband. We were finding different ways to you know, high, low of the day, all that kind of stuff and trying to keep it fresh. Hmm. And, um, because practices like this can get stagnant and old. And one of the things I did in the book is I didn't make it like you have to do it every day. I left the days open so that it could just be over the course of a year. 
And teachers have really responded nicely to that because I think otherwise it feels like one more thing to do. And so like on my website, I have a, a, a free PDF that's like going deeper with gratitude. And that can look like laying in bed before you go to sleep and just visualizing three things to be really grateful for, to, you know, put a, put a voice note on your phone. It it can also look like writing down gratitudes and uh, things you're looking forward to in a book, but there's not just one way to do it. So Mm. you're speaking my love language. Yes. I love this. And it's so inspiring to me to hear you say that you are, that you put action in a time when so many of us felt like there was, it was going to be in action. And, and my listeners know those that are along with me understand, first of all, that I believe wholeheartedly in the spiritual practice of gratitude and what that can do for ourselves, as well as the people around us. It's very transforming. Um, but I also have shared how during that time I was struggling, um, with a lot of different things that occurred. And I'm inspired by people who took that time and created and made something um, good come out of the time, the shift. You know, I'm sure that there were some changes in your professional world during that time too, just like all of us. And so I really appreciate that you used it to, you know, to overcome for yourself, but then also now that that is shining through for, for the rest of us to get this message. So I just want to make sure to thank you for that because that's beautiful and such a perfect example of why having you on the Overcomer series is perfect. Thank you so much. I, I feel like who, who couldn't benefit from buffering ourselves from the headwinds of today? And it, again, just came out of my own, uh, you know, I, I have kept gratitude journals for 14 years, but I'd never connected it to my faith and just how powerful our mindset is, you know, how incredibly powerful our mindset is and, and, and how we look at things. And I am by no, I, I'm, I take imperfect action on this every day and, um, it's just been a lifeline for me. So I'm so glad that you talked about imperfect action. Um, because I think that's another thing that many of us, many of my listeners can understand is that so many of us get paralyzed and taking the next steps forward because we feel like we have to have it all lined up and perfect and do it a certain way and follow a prescriptive pattern. And what you're giving us is a really gorgeous view of the fact that just, you know, doing something simple will have this impact on you that can be life transforming over time, but it doesn't have to be a formulated plan, you know, all of that, which I really appreciate coming from you. It's a good message. I really believe that our thoughts become things. And so what we dwell and focus on gets bigger. It expands. I often say where the attention goes, the energy flows. So it's an opportunity to have pause and find ways to center myself back And centering prayer has also been a big part of just sitting still. I'm such a doer, achieve, try harder, do more, (laughs) you know, be perfect. Those are the things that ran me into the ditch in 2018. And uh, so just to come out of that and and look at things a little bit differently has, has been helpful. That's really beautiful. And I love how you wove that piece of who you are into this because we all come at, you know, this idea of gratitude and also achievement from different lenses, depending upon how we're like made. And I think, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm sure you've butted up against it with your work. When people say, um, the term toxic positivity, do you have something to say about that in relation to the work you do? 
I absolutely do. Thanks for asking that question. I think originally when I was writing this book, I was doing several podcasts on it and I, I, I don't want to overstep the grieving process. Um, March, April, May, the summer, there is an absolute grieving process that takes place. There's denial and then there's bargaining and there's, there, or there's anger and bargaining and depression and then acceptance. And without going through that grieving process and just saying, Oh, look for the silver linings and, you know, just put on a happy face. That kind of stuff is really toxic. And so we have to understand the grief and the loss and even in the isolation and the, 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 the new norms of what that looks like, you know, there's statistics and the evidence-based research that I look at that, you know, loneliness is like, you know, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Like loneliness is a real health concern uh, for people. And especially those of us that are extroverts and we're used to standing in front of big audiences <laughs> and people and going in and out of schools and seeing hundreds of kids every day. And, you know, we just thrive on that, those interactions. And so, I think one of the most important things to just consider around toxic, that toxic positivity is just, you know, the great Brene Brown with the difference between empathy and sympathy. And sometimes it's not about saying something to someone to fix it or have the right Bible verse to share with them. In fact, it's just the opposite of just, just listening and sitting and being with people is probably, and with ourselves when we're going through a rough time, um, instead of numbing ourselves with, you know, food or drink or all the, uh, you know, binge watching, whatever. I mean, I, I know we have had to have, have had to have these outlets during this time, but just to kind of keep it in check and really surround yourself with things that will uplift your mind and your spirit and, and, and just turn off the, the negative things that, that don't. And, and that, so I hope I answered the question clearly in, in that you have to go through the grieving process. And I think that's where a lot of toxic positivity comes in is where we just overstep that elephant in the room and, and people need time and space to process. I think you answered it perfectly. And I knew that you would have a beautiful essence about you with it because, um, you know, somebody who's done the real internal work uh, can not actually engage in toxic positivity, I think, um, because they understand how deeply um, this is rooted in your spirit when you are really engaging authentically in the process of gratitude that even still, you know, there's stuff to look forward to. Even still, we're okay. Um, I talk a lot about this too in my own experiences where, you know, you talked about hitting a wall and I want to talk about that. My own was, I got this mode. And to me, that was my own form of internal toxic positivity, not recognizing that I actually don't got this <laughs> very well. Yeah. And it's kind of who I made. Um, when you talk about achieving, for me, I made as somebody who's just, you know, happy-go-lucky, see the, the joy and everything and all of that. And that's great when it's um, healthy. And it's really not good when it's on the healthy side of things. So I'm grateful for you to share your insight on that. It's really important for us to know the difference. Yes. And I think, you know, I mean, if I could just say in March, you know, March of 2020, I, my level of denial about the coronavirus was so thick. And I noticed that about myself. I 
if someone asks me how I'm doing, oh, I'm great. Oh, you know, like just actually noticing, like I was like, oh, we're going to go back to school before the end of the year. Minnesota is going to be the one state that's going to somehow, I mean, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, but to just admit that, you know, like, wow, I really was not seeing what this was. And so I think it's, you know, the rigorous honesty of just kind of, you know, wanting it our way, <laughs> um, wanting it to work out a certain way. And then the reality of how things actually play out sometimes. So, so true. And we talk about, you know, this idea of the, you know, patients through the pruning, I feel like we've been through collective pruning throughout this process. We've been through individual, individual pruning. It looks so different for every single one of us, uh, but being able to see the fruit afterward is beautiful. And I think that's what you've been able to accomplish and what your overcomer story for me is speaking like this, these um, works that you've done, the collective and the individual that you're serving others with is really the fruit of going through that pruning process and taking time to dive into this work. So thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. It's, it's, um, it's really from the, the spirit is just leading me. It's, it's one of those things when something like this happens, there's really no other, it's, there's really nothing else to do. (laughs) If that makes sense. Like when you have these moments of things that you go through, the path is then really clear about what comes next. So Perfect. I love that. And I feel like it might be a good segue. Would you go down the path of speaking um, about your beyond this opportunity to write these messages, the actual experiences that you've overcome? You know, you've alluded to, I think, 2018 as being a hard year. Do you want to share a little bit about your experiences for the listeners? Yes, I I would be glad to share. I um, so just real quick, I, I was a had a really easygoing kind of, uh, two parents, awesome high school basketball championship, played college basketball, dove into my first year of teaching, love teaching like nothing else. Uh, pretty quickly, five years in, I was asked to be the principal of the school that I was a teacher at and learn from a, a really veteran teacher, uh, teacher principal. So I took that at the age of 26 and then I started my doctorate and finished that at at about 31. So I was really on this path of, of school and work. And during that time I was consulting and speaking and, and flying around on my, you know, time off. I was just really invested in education and thankfully the Lord put, uh, Todd Johnson, my husband in my life. And we, we married and had three kids and had an opportunity to live in a couple different states with his job. And the message I want to get across and just sharing a little bit of that context is how much I was taking for granted in the blessings that, that were around me and that I was really, I was really busy and work, I would say workaholic almost to the degree of just not having any margin or space in my life for quiet, for, for, for centering, for, um, health and wellness, like the bare basics. So, you know, gaining and losing 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Okay. I'm going to run a marathon. Now I'm going to, you know, I'm just like, that's actually kind of insane behavior looking back. (laughs) 
and all too relatable for this lady, just saying. So keep going. (laughs) We had lived in Southern California and moved back to Minnesota, which is our home base. I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and my husband, Todd Johnson, has his family here. And we had one more opportunity to move. And here we are all invested in our church, our life group. We've got a a decade of friendships under our belt. And we take this move. We take this shiny object, this next promotion to the East Coast. And that was in 20, at the end of 2016. And people said to us, oh, you'll do great. It'll be fine. You'll make friends right away. I bet you'll find a great church. And we believed them, you know, things were, had been great here. And then we got, we landed and nine churches later. And I mean, it was just like, we couldn't connect with anybody. We were just not finding any connections. And so there was loneliness, there was isolation. There was the the littlest things of like, not knowing where you're going. Like, I don't know this part of the country, um, those types of frustrations. And so at the very end of 2017, on December 26th, I was, um, I had felt a lump in my, in my breast on, uh, as I was doing some stretching in October, got it biopsied, found out I had breast cancer on uh, December 26, 2017, and then had a surgery, uh, met with the doctors January 2nd and January 12th, removed the lump and uh, did not know what the outcome would be if it had spread, what types of protocol I would be follow- following. and was really like, Hey, is this it? I mean, I really was confronted with my own death of like, I have no idea what's coming next. And I guess I do want to mention, I had continued to gain weight over that move and used food as kind of like a, a friend, uh, an unattractive friend, uh, when you gain even more weight and, um, Again, that's not about vanity. It's about just the sanity and and how you're using things to fill that, you know, (laughs) Swiss cheese in in all of us, Um, those holes, those, those missing links. And February 1st, my dad passed away. February 26th, I found out I, I would need to do chemotherapy and radiation. March 14th, all my hair had fallen out. I had done my first round of chemo. I mean, so it was a really, within about three months, uh, some very traumatic things had happened in my, in my world. And for example, at my dad's funeral, I couldn't even tell people what was actually going on with me because first of all, it just wasn't the time or place. And I didn't know what my prognosis was going to be. I didn't have the uh, information yet. So it was a very dark night of the soul in terms of how that um, progressed. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, you can't replicate in 10 months, the kind of friendships that you have over a decade, but boy, was I trying, you know? So essentially we were, I was able to finish out the chemotherapy I was able to finish out the radiation. I actually, uh, I feel like God really put work in my life. I was able to co-present with uh, Dr. Eric Jensen, uh, a great 
brain-based, you know, icon in the field for so many years. I had had an opportunity with him that I was able to follow through on. And we were able to get back to Minnesota with my, my husband's job in, in the fall of 2018. And let me tell you something. I was like George Bailey in the movie, uh, the, the, the classic movie. I was like, hello. I was like, I, 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 the rising tide of knowing people, feeling a sense of community, belonging that lifts up all the boats. It was what I felt when we moved back here that I had a sense of peace and connection and, and friendships and colleagues and people who were really there for me in in a deep way. So that's beautiful. And then, so that's been a couple of years now. How is your prognosis? Yes. So actually three years, uh, it would be three years ago and I am, I am, uh, much lighter, thinner person on purpose. Again, not about vanity, about sanity. I sweat every day in, in kind of a, a disciplined, uh, I call it putting it in a cup. And if I do those things, I've got about a, you know, less than 1% chance of any recurrence and hopefully God willing another 40 years on the planet. Well, blessings to you. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds, it's interesting to hear of all those things hitting you all at once and how a lot of times when I've collected people's stories or I think about my own, it just seems like things happen um, that could either break us or help us learn to be more agile, you know? Um, And it sounds to me like this overcoming of that time period has prepped you and equipped you for you know, what's to come and what a gift, you know, to look back on those struggles as a gift is seems crazy, but obviously there's a long haul in front of you. And if you can look at life lessons like that in any, that's a resiliency practice, right? Um, so thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is when you look at your own death and you go, Hey, is this it? Did I do everything I was supposed to do here? Uh, what's my life been about, you know? I could say like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, I, I could hear from my husband, like, well done. You, you've, you know, but then I also was like, it's not time yet. <laughs> like I, I want to see my kids grow up and, um, I, you know, my kids are seven, nine and 12 now. So they were what, four, six and, you know, nine. And so just, uh, you know, the, it just, it's a huge perspective giver, right? It's like thinking about your funeral. I don't know what else. I don't know anything deeper than that because that's why at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, what, we just have to stay home, (laughs) but this is fine. We're good. So I labeled it earlier as like denial, but it's also like, Hey, this is not that big of a deal. Like no restaurants, no whatever, no this, no that. Like, I mean, for sure, it, it's been a grind and every day there's been highs and lows, but that's why the, this pandemic, uh, I, I don't mean to sound dismissive, but based on what I've gone through, it, it hasn't been um, as difficult because I, I've kind of walked in, in the valley of uh, some difficult things. 
That's beautiful. And thank you for circling back to all of that because, you know, we're all tested at different levels. And when you're able to put things in perspective like that, I'm very similar in that way to you as well. And so thank you because um, when you talk about it being a grind, (laughs) I definitely can feel that. And especially when you mentioned earlier in our interview about extroverts kind of suffering (laughs) right now in ways that, you know, it's, it's okay. And these are things we can do and just engaged in conversations recently with people I care about too. And just saying that, you know, this is a sacrifice, but it's a, but what can we learn through it while we're in it? And what will we take away afterward is so important. And, you know, for those of us that are in a privileged enough position where we're not worrying about tomorrow with our homes and our livelihoods, that's, you know, we can put it in perspective. So I appreciate that. I agree. I agree. And I just want to honor anyone listening that is, that has gone through trauma during this last year. I don't want to come across as dismissive or, uh, in any way, shape or form. Trauma is real. Trauma is a highly emotional reaction to a very challenging situation. And so the events of 2020 are no joke. And, between the election and George Floyd and, you know, we're in Minneapolis and watched all of that. And, you know, it's, um, it's been one for the ages here that, that will be remembered. And I just want to encourage people to, you know, just get around people and listen to podcasts like this that just encourage and uplift them and, and do things that help you feel calm and good. Um, those neural pathways in your brain are just starving for that dopamine and serotonin to just be still and know that that things are going to work out. And um, I just, sorry, I felt prompted to say that. (laughs) I appreciate that. And I also appreciate how you said that the NA podcast can be that for people. That makes me so happy. It's what I want. (laughs) I want our stories to be uplifting and And you definitely have been that. I appreciate you so much, Dr. Jenny. Um, So are you ready for those two standard questions? Because I know you're going to have a mission and the message here too. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So the first question is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Keep doing the next right thing. Appreciate the powerful communities around you. And keep looking for the good in others, because I really believe that in everyone's core, there is good. There's a spark of genius in each person. And we just need to bring that light out in each other and share our gifts and talents. So beautiful. Love it. How about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could they say to, what could you say to help them rise up out of it? So I would say this too shall pass. I would say to breathe. I think that's the first thing we forget to do when the automatic fight or flee response happens in the amygdala. We experience that sometimes several times a day. And so one of the gratitude practices that I have in the book is called grateful heart. And it's just about sitting, curling your toes up, breathing, scanning where your body feels tight or, you know, any kind of twitching, itchiness that you feel, and just to focus on something that you're grateful for, for 10 breaths, Uh, whether that thing is a small moment or a big moment, whether it happened three years ago, 30 years ago, or three minutes ago, 
and just to get, this is the thing I love about gratitude. You don't need a book. Uh, I mean, yes, buy my book and use that, but we want to have, we want to have on the go ways to do this at all times. And so the grateful heart practice is one that I, that I love. Mm, so beautiful and love the sensory piece to that. So thank you very much. Um, I know that it landed. So Dr. Jenny, you have been so helpful in this episode. I'm so grateful that you joined me. I'm so grateful that you shared your personal, you know, your vulnerable self with our listeners in a way that's so deeply authentic. I'm grateful for the work that you're doing to serve educators. It means so much. I will be sure to link your books um, and as well as your website. Is there a specific way that you would like to direct listeners to get in touch with you if they're interested in that? Yes, you can locate me at my website, www.jennyseverson.com. Um, you can shop for both of the books at that location. I'm located at Twitter, Severson underscore J. Um, or LinkedIn is a great place to reach out to me as well. Awesome. Well, listeners, you know that I will link all those in the show notes so you can go a hold of Dr. Jenny. And one final thank you. I appreciate you so much, Dr. Jenny. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Sarah, thank you so much for the service and the love that you are sending out into the world. I'm so grateful we crossed paths. Thank you for having me. So am I. Thank you. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.